Hey everybody, what is good with you? You're listening to the High Fidelity Podcast, and I'm your host, Hai Trung. For those of you that have listened to the intro as to why I'm doing this, and also the very first episode, which is talking about all the wrong ways to do very first internship, I think you may already have a flavoring that I'm a guy that, for some reason, I can't explain to you logically, has been willing to take a leap of faith. And sometimes, many times, that's been caused because I just didn't feel comfortable letting people know what I didn't know and what I wanted to do and to ask for help. So this next anecdote that I'm going to share with you is all about what seemingly felt like a cult, um, but also taught me a lot of confidence at the same time. And if you know what I'm talking about, I, I, uh, I feel for you because I've obviously been there myself. And if in some way I ended up being either directly or indirectly responsible for you getting into this life, I am super sorry. I was 18, I was impressionable, I was desperate to help uh, someone that I really loved, and I thought that this legitimately was going to be the thing to help. So, all those vagaries aside, let me get into what we're talking about today, which is how multi-level marketing or pyramid schemes actually taught me confidence even though it was one of the weirdest, craziest, and strangest experiences that I had in my early adulthood. Let me paint a picture for you. When I was about to graduate high school and enter into college over at the University of California, Irvine, I was approached by somebody that I went to high school with. And for all intents and purposes, I thought this guy was nice, the dude seemed normal, super pleasant, and no red flags. And I was also impressionable because I only knew what I knew and didn't know what I didn't know. So the guy invites me to a event and some of the terms were already fishy, but I didn't think twice about it. We went to some hotel and inside that hotel, there was some exhibition hall uh, room. And we go in there and there's this techno music playing. I mean, boom, boom, boom violins, people are getting really amped up, everybody's pretty much wearing the same kind of thing, and everybody's got some kind of lapel pin on, I mean, not like the cool swagged out fashion type of lapel pin, but you know what I'm talking about, there's a bronze, a silver, some people call it a diamond, whatever you want to call it, and I don't know what I'm getting into, but the guy drove me there, so I can't leave anyway, so we sit down, and then the equivalent of a very elaborate PowerPoint plus video starts playing and is talking all about supplements. And at this point in my life, I've probably taken a handful of Flintstone chewables and most of the time not really taking the vitamins that I was probably supposed to. And I have no interest in this stuff. But then they hooked me at some point. And what they hooked me on is that they said that these supplements could have, I mean, they didn't definitively say it, but they say they could have helped people who had cancer and other related health challenges. And that caught my eye, and I don't know why, because even though my mom raised both my brother and I largely on her own, I also was greatly influenced by the grandmother, both on my dad's side and especially on my mom's side. Um, I was one of the last kids that that grandmother had raised uh, before my grandfather had passed and then her dementia and Alzheimer's really kicked in. 
And when she lived with us for certain times of the year, I was eventually placed in charge of taking care of my grandma for very basic functions like making sure she took care and took her pills for the day. Um, I was really a loner when I was a kid. We moved every three or six months. I got bullied a lot. We'll go into that in another episode, but I, uh, I really built this connection with her and I felt this great duty and responsibility. And as I got older, I began to see her decline more and more in health. And that was a really big deal for me. So I thought, hey, somehow, some way, if I can be independently, uh, financially stable, and also help my grandmother with these miracle supplements and share this opportunity with people around me, man, this is like the best thing since sliced bread. And the the reality is I, I signed up and I was working at In-N-Out, which was my very first job. And for those of you not from California and not familiar with that restaurant, uh, it's an amazing uh, fast food restaurant where they serve burgers, fries, and they've been in the game since the 50s. Uh, shout out to In-N-Out and thank you for providing me that opportunity because um, I was purchasing my my Rockaware, my FUBU, my Bootleg Echo, my Bootleg PNB Nation on eBay with money orders, all because of the money that I was able to save and apply toward those things instead of having to ask my mom. So anyway, deviations aside, I signed up for the pyramid scheme, and of course this thing's a pyramid, which means you're not really making money selling the product itself, you're making money by recruiting people. And then they explain through this very elaborate system about points and how you gotta have points on one side, or the other side, and it was kind of nuts. I have no idea why I thought that made sense. It really didn't, and it still doesn't make sense to this day, but I decided, you know, why the hell not? It's the summer before I start college. I'm gonna give this my best effort, and I'm gonna start giving these supplements to my grandmother, and maybe it'll help with her Alzheimer's and her dementia. Uh, so I tell my family about this, and they think I'm crazy, but I was very headstrong at the time. No one was going to tell me no. Um, I had just uh, had my car and my driver's license, and I was saying, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I think by the end of it, I had recruited five to eight, maybe even ten guys into this whole thing, and I never made a single cent. I was really good at bringing people in, though. And when I look back on it, it was kind of like a cult. Every Sunday, I would bring a new group of guys. And once again, I am so sorry that I exposed you to that really strange experience because I really thought that I was helping. But we go to this hotel in Azusa on a mountaintop. And it's the same talk every single time. I kid you not. It's the same people telling the same stories in the same exact way, telling you to upgrade as you make more money and buying the same accessories. So let me let me paint the picture of what this was like. You go into that same conference room, exhibition hall type thing. They're playing that same electronic orchestral music, boom, boom, boom. And then they do the PowerPoint and then they talk about the opportunity and then people who are already doing this thing are furiously taking notes about that same thing that they have been hearing and talking about for probably years. And then as soon as that's all over, the Messiah of the pyramid scheme comes into the room. 
And this guy had the craziest story because it just didn't add up. And if you actually did a little bit of internet research, you would immediately find out that this was not true. But let's rewind a little bit. This was back in 2005, 2006. Maybe it was just me that didn't do the research, but the guy walks into the room and he says, Hey, my name's Duke. I used to flip pizzas back in the day. And now look at me, I'm pushing this whip, which is a Lamborghini with the vanity plate for the company name. And then they bring in this other guy who said he used to be homeless and now he's crushing it and he's pushing six, seven figures, yada, yada, yada. And people are just cheering and chanting and it's almost like if Oprah or LeBron James walked into the room and it just sucks all the air out. I mean, you're just breathless. Um, long story short, eventually they stopped doing the stuff at just the hotel and then they moved into Irvine, which is the city where the college that I went to was. And then he actually started bringing the Lamborghini around. And then this is when stuff really started kind of getting old. I was probably maybe two and a half months into it bunch of dudes are into it we're all wearing the same things we're all trying to speak the same way we're all fiercely scribbling i mean stacks upon stacks of the same damn notes from the same damn talks of the same damn stories and after the the talk at one of these presentations in irvine the the guy is pulling out of the driveway in the lamborghini and it took him I, I kid you not, I think it took almost 10 or 15 minutes for him to back out of that driveway because the the system was so elaborate. And I'm not sure how familiar he was with that car. And for a guy that says he's pushing this whip and all that stuff, that seems kind of suspect to me. So uh, things really came to a head with this whole pyramid scheme craziness. So I was building this confidence, but at the same time, uh, it was blind confidence because it really wasn't based on any real performance or any practical stuff that I was helping people with. Um, so I, I even sold product to my mom's friends. I tried to sell it to relatives. Um, they also had a skincare line. <laughs> and uh, I had a face full of acne and a shaved head back then. And I probably weighed 106 pounds. And I was probably 5'6", if I'm remembering correctly. And the only nice clothes that I had was a key lime green dress shirt from Express that I bought on a clearance sale and then these kind of bell-bottom uh, pinstripe slacks that I bought from Urban Outfitters also on clearance sale um, we're talking real big we're not talking kind of cool uh, 90s Romeo and Juliet Claire Danes Leonardo DiCaprio kind of big open flowing kind of thing we're talking uh, it's it's something to behold I'm sure so I had a face full of acne and wearing this getup and they tell us that the way to financial freedom is to sell these supplements but on top of that to sell skincare products. And so I remember I carpooled with somebody else because my car wasn't working at the time. We drove into Long Beach and we did something called the spa party, which is exactly what it sounds like. You're demoing skincare products for likely a group of uh, women and men of all ages. And you're telling them of the rejuvenating power and the skin clearing power of these uh, products while I myself had a bunch of dandruff and a face full of acne. So it wasn't a compelling sale. We sold no product and then we drive back. And I did not have a smartphone. Almost nobody did uh, in my neighborhood or, or in the area at the time. And the most sophisticated smartphone at the time was the T-Mobile Sidekick. No iPhone in this, in this world. And then we get lost. 
uh, driving back from Long Beach. We took a wrong turn, no GPS, and then we end up in this McDonald's. And so by the time we pull into this McDonald's to ask for directions, uh, they literally turned off the lights. So they had just closed and they weren't gonna open the doors for us. I looked like a loon with the crazy green shirt. And uh, almost like a scene at if you've played that game Resident Evil or if you've pretty much, pretty much watched any kind of zombie movie, I turn around and I'm with my colleague who's also in the pyramid scheme and we're surrounded. And it looks like people are uh, about to do something crazy. Um, a woman's pointing at my colleague and yelling all kinds of profane stuff. But then there's this guy on the left and he actually gave us directions. And I don't know how much I had in my pocket, but I gave him what little money I had and then we were on our way. But my colleague was terrified. And to be quite honest, I was terrified too. To think that we almost faced some crazy danger because of a desire to sell these supplements and skincare products. And at that point, neither of us were making any money off of this. Uh, I quickly decided that it just wasn't for me anymore. And even though they tried really hard to keep me into the thing, I took the L and I lost several hundred dollars. And most of the guys that I brought into it, I believe left. I don't, to my knowledge, nobody's still doing it. And if once again, I am so sorry for bringing you into that world. It was a weird experience for me too, if that is any solace for you. And I hope you didn't get uh, twisted around like I did. And the thing that really messed with me is that I gained this confidence of sharing this story and this experience and all this stuff. And the original intent was I wanted to help my grandmother. I wanted to help my family to be financially independent, but none of that stuff happened. My grandma didn't get better. And unfortunately, she actually ended up passing six months into the first year of my college, which was a very devastating experience for me. And I will probably talk about it in another episode, but the whole reason why I jumped into that was purely emotional. And I would hazard to guess that if you've ever been either enticed by that, got into that uh, kind of thing, or know people that got into that kind of thing, just know that sometimes all it takes is to be caught at a time when you're deeply emotional, deeply vulnerable, or you just don't know what to do next, or maybe you're in dire straits. And these folks, I mean, they got this down to a science, down to a system. And that confidence was really false confidence, right? Because I was essentially selling snake oil. And there was no validity to any of this stuff. And it was a very sobering experience for me. But as you just heard in the previous episode, I obviously didn't learn my lesson because all of this goes back to that theme and the takeaway that I hope you can get from this episode, which is I didn't feel comfortable enough talking to the people around me and really letting them know that I wasn't sure about the decision I was making because I thought, hey, I'm young, I'm resourceful, I got grit, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna hustle, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna tear the game up. And that didn't happen. And the reality was I was very dejected, I was very frustrated with myself. And the biggest irony of all of this is that the thing that was fueling my time in the pyramid scheme was actually my nine to five job working at In-N-Out. Crazy. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the High Fidelity Podcast. 
I am your host, Hai Trung. Thank you again to my buddy, Jai, for providing us the music for our show. You can find him, that's pronounced Jai, and it's spelled J-Y. You can find him anywhere that you listen to streaming music, such as Spotify or Apple Music. And if you have any questions, or if you would like to stay in touch, or communicate ideas or thoughts about how this is resonating with you or not resonating with you, I welcome you to check out highfidelitypodcast.com. My name is spelled H-A-I, and the rest of it, Fidelity, just like the insurance company, and then podcast.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you're listening to, a review would be greatly appreciated, both one or five stars, whatever life you're living, whatever you're feeling. I'm into it. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much.